0: Welcome Comfort at Home listeners. This is the Barking Truth presented to you by Comfort at Home Pet Services. This podcast will reveal the Barking Truth about what is actually happening in the pet industry so that you can gain knowledge and education to keep our pets safe, healthy, and well. I will be your host, Jennifer Seibel, Certified Professional Pet Sitter. Dog bite prevention educator, fear free certified, pet first aid and CPR trained, and owner of Comfort at Home Pet Services. I hope you enjoy. Welcome. In this episode, I want to talk about compassion fatigue. So, what is compassion fatigue? The definition on Wikipedia says compassion fatigue is a condition characterized by emotional and physical exhaustion leading to a diminished ability to emphasize or feel compassion for others often described as a negative cost of caring it is sometimes referred to as a secondary traumatic stress. According to the professional quality of life scale burnout and STS are two interwoven elements of compassion fatigue. So what does that mean in layman's terms and in real life terms? It means that some of us who are out here are dealing with what's called compassion fatigue and that we care so much and we give all of ourselves that we get burned out, that we become unable to continue to care. Um, things become numb to us. Things uh, happen that it just makes us extremely tired where we cannot be the best that we can be. So where do we see compassion fatigue? A lot of times compassion fatigue is seen and known about in a lot of our first responders. So let's kind of go through that. We're coming out of COVID. We all know that our first responders have gone above and beyond, have worked several hours, and compassion fatigue has set in with a lot of them, like our doctors, our nurses, who are pulling extra shifts, that are working long hours, they are caring, they are seeing traumatic, traumatic things, they are seeing people pass away, people getting sick, people that they can't help, um, people struggling because of insurance, people struggling because they can't get certain tests that they need done, um, medications, they can't afford it. Um, They also deal with some of life's things, such as people who have addiction problems who they can't help, and they care so much and they try to help them. So we have our doctors and nurses, and we have to think about them a lot with the world and society, and that's why a lot of times I've noticed and I see a lot of people go into the nursing field, and after a few years, they're, they're dealing with compassion fatigue. They're dealing with burnout, and they move to a new career because they can't handle it. A lot of our in-home nurses who come to people's homes, they get attached to these people. They watch everything they go through, and they become worn out. They become burnt out because they're dealing with it day after day after day. A lot of times in the nursing field and with doctors and things like that, they do have set schedules that the healthcare industry tries to help them with, with giving them, you know, long hours. They might work, you know, three, 12-hour days, then they get a couple of days off to try to recoup, get themselves back together to try to help prevent compassion fatigue. Um, The same with doctors, depending on what their specialty is, what they do, they might have specific Office hours, which means they might be able to take off the weekends. They might be home on the evenings. That all helps combat some of the compassion fatigue they deal with. Our firefighters. Our firefighters are on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They are there. They watch people lose everything. Um, They watch people pass away in a fire. They've watched animals pass away in a fire. And it's hard on them, and they risk their lives to help other people. The same with our police officers. They're out here working long hours. Um, normally, they have you know certain shifts, and they get a few days off to recuperate, but they're out here putting their life in danger to help us and to help the public, and sometimes they see some of the nastiest things that we have going on in our world, and they've got to internalize that. Sometimes they know that they want to be able to help or do something, but what our laws are or... What judgments might be, they can't always do what they want to and they feel right that they need to be able to do. So it it burdens them. And it's hard for, you know, these type of people and our first responders to, you know, care a lot when they know that they're trying to help, but they can't help as much and they become burnt out. They become numb to the fact that, you know, I can't help you. I can't do this because of this, because of that. And it, It it just brings them down. So a lot of our first responders um, do have a high suicide rate. Our doctors, our nurses, our firefighters, our police officers, they do have a high suicide rate. Because they care so much and they're programmed to care so much that sometimes it just burdens them. And they hold it in because a lot of people wouldn't understand. And they hold it in, and they end up becoming burnt out. They become numb. They feel, you know, that they can't help. They feel useless. They feel, you know, like they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, and they're not doing what's right by the people when that's what they're programmed and they want to do. And this causes a high suicide rate for them. So now you're sitting here, Jen, what's this got to do with, you know, your, your blog, The Barking Truth? What's this got to do with the pet industry? What this has to do with the pet industry is what I need to and I want to bring more attention to is compassion fatigue and the suicides in the pet industry. And a lot of times people overlook this. I know when um, we see things that um, around the holidays or Certain times like that, we see a lot of people saying, you know, thank you to our first responders who are working long hours, who are working on the holidays, who are, you know, out here protecting us when some of us might be off of work or doing that. But what sometimes irritates me is, you know, our our pet industry, and especially with pet sitters, we're not included in that. You always see the firefighters, you see the doctors, you see the nurses, you see the police officers, but... Where, where are the pet sitters? And I, I kind of have to say this because I want to make people aware and I want to bring awareness to the problem out here with the suicide rates in the pet industry. As pet sitters, no matter if it's a holiday or not, most times if you have a professional pet sitter and it's a holiday, they're probably not seeing their family. They're out taking care of everybody else's pets. They're out here um, on snowy days. There's a state of emergency. They, they have to be out on the roads. Roads might not be plowed. They still have pets that they need to take care of, pets that need them, pets that need medication, um, pets that, you know, are disabled or pets that need them, pets that, you know, could be trapped in their homes, could be having medical issues. We still need to check on those. Those are living, breathing creatures. Those pets can't call 911 and say, hey, I need my medication. Come and, come and have somebody come to see me. So the pet sitters are still out here. Even talking about natural disasters, your pet sitters are still out here. They're, they made a commitment. If you have a professional, they made a commitment to care for your pet, and they're going to do what they have to to get there. Sometimes we might be a little late on times like this because the roads are bad. We're no good to anybody if we you know die in a car wreck, anything like that. But we have, a, we have a responsibility that and a commitment that we made to you that we're going to get there and we're going to take care of your pet. So that's what we do. And we work long hours. A lot of um, professional pet sitters, if you notice, you look on their websites, you talk to them, we work 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. There is normally no time off unless we try to schedule the time off. But the problem is when we try to schedule the time off, For ourselves to give ourselves that relaxation time, a lot of times because we're so compassionate about what we do and we're here to care, if a client calls us and says, hey, you know, I I really, you know, I need a pet sitter, most likely we're we're still going to try to schedule them in, which means we don't have our time to recoup. We don't have our time. And being a business owner, I tell a lot of people, whatever you do, don't become a business owner. Um, I've always wanted since I, was a girl, since I was a little girl to become a business owner. I wanted to own my own business. I wanted to you know, be my own boss. Let me tell you something. It's not all what it's cracked up to be because even when I take time off or I try to take some time off, I'm still getting phone calls. I'm still getting emails. I'm still having to make sure because I have staff that uh, my pet sitters are are out here, they're not having an emergency themselves, that they're able to handle what they have, that they made it to the pets that they needed to get to, that they made it home safely. So I sit awake, and I I watch, and I have to check and make sure that everybody do so. It's not time for me to sit back and relax. I'm responding to emails. I'm returning voicemails. I'm dealing with, you know, an awful lot of stuff that and making sure that my people are safe and they got to all the clients that they needed to get to so even talking about the pet industry more our veterinarians our veterinarians see an awful lot they they work um certain hours so most times they get evenings off um sometimes most of them are closed on you know a sunday so they get their time to try to help combat compassion fatigue and they get a little bit time off but They deal with a lot. They see a lot. Our vets have to deal with and see people who aren't listening to what the vet's saying and noticing that the pet is getting sicker or the pet is not doing well. And they have to sit there and you know try to fight themselves. Like how do you tell a pet owner, you know, that they have to do this when it's their pet? And then you have to sit here and watch and say, okay, where do I where do I draw the line? How can I make them care as much as I do? Then they have to deal with people who, you know, might not be able to afford some of the veterinary care. And so people pass on some of the procedures or they don't want to do it or they're scared to go into their vet because they're afraid it's going to cost too much. And then the vets kind of, their hands are tied because some of the medications and stuff, that comes from the pharmaceuticals and there's certain prices with things. Some vets have to see that some owners might not, you know, be able to care for a pet who might become disabled or sickly or be able to afford medications and proper tests. And then they have to put a poor animal down or they see a sick animal and see how it's suffering and they have to euthanize it and put it down. And that takes a toll on them. And they get time, you know, sometimes in the evening to try to, you know, process it, decompress it. And a lot of times you see our vets that are dealing with compassion fatigue where they're just, they're numb. They're numb to things. And it's hard for them to continue to care when they're seeing so much and dealing with so much in the world and with our pets. And the suicide rate for our, our veterinarians are very high. I know a few times a year I see articles and stuff come out on social media that a veterinarian committed suicide. And it's been some of our top, top veterinarians in the field who are out here doing the research, who are caring, who are doing so much to bring education to pet owners that have taken their own lives because they're just tired they're numb and they've been dealing with compassion fatigue and they feel that they just can't give or do anymore and that's been brought out to the media and out to attention groomers groomers have to deal with the same thing they're working long hours they're working on their feet they're seeing dogs that have been you know not properly cared for and then they're they're getting yelled at because they have to you know cut a dog's hair short to get rid of the mats to help with the skin condition and let the the skin breathe on the animal. They talk to the owner and say, this is what we need you to do. We need you to brush your dog. This is how you do it. And, and sometimes you don't have the compliance. Go back and listen to my article or my, blog, my uh, podcast about compliance. It, it all has to deal with that, too. And sometimes when, you know, as a groomer or as a pet sitter or as a veterinarian, and – we ask you to do something and then you don't do it. and You get frustrated with us because we're telling you and asking for your help to take some of that burden away from us. And some of these groomers have to see like some of the bad conditions that some of these animals might be in or people who forgot to schedule an appointment and want to take up more of their time. And they're standing there, they're tired, they're taking time away from their families and they start to get burnt out. But sometimes, you know, with being a groomer, too, they have set schedules. So they help try to combat this by, you know, working certain hours and having the evenings off to be at home to decompress. They might be able to uh, not work on Sundays, not work on Mondays and give their staff and their people, you know, time. The same kind of goes for trainers. Trainers have to deal and they do deal with compassion fatigue. They see some of the worst of the worst as well. They're seeing dogs who have been abused, have been scared, have been, you know, neglected. And they're out here helping somebody who wants to give this animal a chance. And a trainer's out here trying to help them. And it takes a toll on us as a trainer to say, you know, this is what's happening. And it hurts us. And then when we don't have the compliance as well as a trainer that, okay, this is what you need to do to help your animal. And then we come back to visit again, or you need another training session. We find out that you haven't worked towards the goal. Everybody seems to want a quick fix and they don't want to pay for the training services. They want a quick fix. They want somebody to wave a magic wand. And that's not how training works. And I'm going to be doing some, you know, podcasts with some trainers, um, and we're going to be talking about training. But um, a lot of things that go on with training is just watching some of these animals. There's a lot of trainers out here who just want to get your money. And what they do is they come in and abuse your animal and call it training. They abuse your animal and call it training, and then you're stuck with it. And then you sit there and wonder. I'm dealing with, with at least three clients right now who they've hired a trainer, who the trainer was an abusive trainer. They came in, they abused the dog, and now the owners don't understand why that all of a sudden their dog has become aggressive, is scared out of their mind, is now attacking things, is growling at certain things. Your dog was abused. You wasted your money. You let somebody come in and abuse your dog, and now I have to fix the situation. And when I'm trying to fix the situation, I'm giving you, you know, protocols to do. I'm telling you what to do. I'm showing you. And sometimes there's not follow through. And then I sit here and I look at myself and I look into this animal's eyes and it it just breaks my heart because they didn't deserve that. They didn't deserve that. All they do is give love and they didn't deserve what happened to them. But now I have to help them get back to the state where they were. So. Let's bring this back to pet sitting. I want people to know and be aware of what pet sitters have to deal with. And a lot of people think that, you know, pet sitting or dog walking, it's just a fun thing. It's a side gig. Anybody can sign up through an app and, oh, everything's wonderful. I can go and walk dogs and I can play with animals all day. I'm playing with puppies and kittens. That is absolutely the farthest of anything that a pet sitter does. Again, like I said, pet sitters work 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. We work weekends. Holidays are our busiest. Sometimes weekends are our busiest. We work holidays. Um, We're always here and available for your pets. And a lot of you are thinking, like, there's no way you can work 24 hours a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we do. There's times that I will have a panicked uh, pet owner contact me midnight, 2 o'clock in the morning. They'll be panicked because... Oh my gosh! I think my dog ate my thong. What do I do? They trust me. They trust me as the pet sitter. They know I know their animal. They know I know what I'm talking about. They call me first. That's when I have to say, okay, if you think this happened, we need to induce vomiting. You need to get poison control on the line. You need to go to an emergency vet. So I'm able to walk them through and calm them down. Um, There's many times that an emergency will happen that I've gotten phone calls in the middle of the night that, hey, you know, my daughter just went into labor. Um, it seems complicated, we're rushing her to the hospital, I need you to be here first thing to take care of the pets, or I'll get a phone call that, oh my god, I'm, I'm being admitted into the hospital, you need to get here and take care of my pets, it is a 24-hour day job, my friend's constantly on, and I'm constantly, you know, having to answer phone calls, answer texts, make sure everybody's okay, and it it, it becomes hard, And we are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And like I said, being a business owner, you have to make sure that everybody in your care that you made that commitment to is well cared for and well taken care of, which can be a burden on you as the pet sitter. As a pet sitter, as a dog walker, you're always on high alert. I sometimes rank us up here as police officers and people laugh at me and say, you know, we're not a police officer. Um, no, kind of, we are, because guess what? We have to be out. We're in traffic all day, driving from house to house. The dangers on the road, people who don't know how to drive, dangerous road conditions, um, detours, things like that. People texting and driving. We're at a risk of getting killed, just getting to an appointment with the way, you know, traffic can be and other drivers. So that's a problem for us. Um, road conditions like, you know, let's say, you know, icy roads, uh, state of emergency. um, There's a natural disaster. We still have to be out to take care of your pets. We made that commitment. Your pet does not have a voice. We need to be there to take care of your pet. So we have to risk ourselves to go and do that. And I've had people come to me and say like, oh, you're just a dog walker. You're just a dog walker. I've had rescues say that to me. And they don 't understand what all we deal with and what goes on with us, and sometimes i've had i 've had some veterinarians say that to me i 've had some veterinarians say like that i don 't know what i 'm talking about and that i 'm just the pet sitter so here 's the reality of the situation i 'm not saying anything bad about the vets, but here 's the thing most time people Go and see the vet when their pet is in distress or it's an emergency. Or you go for your annual or every three-year vaccinations. You go for your yearly appointment. Your vet sees your pet maybe once a year. Me as a pet sitter, I'm there with your pet daily. I'm there with your pet for long periods of time if you're on vacation. I know this pet. Inside out, I know it like an owner would. I know these pets. So what the bad part is and what makes compassion fatigue so much worse for a pet sitter is that you might go to the vet and find out that, you know, your pet uh, has, has a disease. Let's go with cancer since that's a rampant one. That your pet has cancer. Your vet tells you your pet has cancer. Go and see a specialist. You go and see the specialist. And your pet's put on medication. They're put on chemo. They're put on, you know, this or that. And most of the time your vet's not checking in with you. Most of the time, the specialist isn't checking in with you. You have to check in with them. But guess who's there? Your pet sitter. Your pet sitter's there watching after the vet releases. You as a pet owner are calling your pet sitter, upset, crying, letting letting us know what has happened because you know that we care about your animal. And this hurts us. And we've got to be strong for you. But most of the time, we'll sit down and cry with you. We can't believe this diagnosis came through. What are we going to do? And then we are the ones who are there supporting our pet owners. We're there supporting the pets. And we have to sit there and watch what medications, what diseases do to the animals. We're sitting there watching it every day. Where just when things get worse is when your vet sees them again. But we're watching it daily. We're helping you through it. We're trying to be strong for you when we're breaking down on the inside. And we have to sit here and watch what all this is. To to say that we're just a pet sitter, we take on so much more. And being a pet sitter, we not only just care about your pets, we care about the people. I've had people who have contacted me because they've had to go into the hospital and i'm checking on i'm checking on their pets i'm taking care of their pets i'm updating how their pets doing i'm also checking on them i care about them how are you doing how did your test go what did they say what's happening how are you feeling and then when they come home if they're still not able to take care of their pets i'm seeing them and i'm making sure that they're okay can i get you anything is there something more i can do so we also become a, almost like a health aid for them to help them or we're like a psychiatrist for them that we'll sit down and we'll chat with them. We'll talk with them. And we take on some of, some of their burden. And we help them feel a little bit better that they have, you know, human contact. They have somebody that they can talk to. And when it comes to compassion fatigue, there is a high rate. There is a high rate of it running rampant through the pet industry and especially with pet sitters. And there have been some great pet sitters that have committed suicide because they just can't give anymore. They're tired. They're tired and they can't continue to give. And then they're seen by society as being nothing. Oh, you're just a dog walker. You're just this. You're just that. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. But you don't know what I've seen. I've seen clients of mine who have suffered from cancer and who've had to go through chemo and radiation and they're too weak to take care of their animals, and I'm there. I'm helping change out vomit buckets. I'm helping give them water. I'm running to the store getting them some food that they might be able to keep down, as well as taking care of their pets because now their pets are suffering because they see their owner's not doing well. So I'm getting pumpkin because the pet's nervous. I'm getting you know um, chicken and things like that to get the pet to eat because they don't understand what's going on. And that's what causes some of this burnout. This is what causes the compassion fatigue. So what makes you tired? Because you're worried about all your clients and you watch and see everything that they're going through. So we've had a high rate of suicide within the pet, you know, pet sitting industry. And I need to bring attention to this. And a lot of you can sit there and think of all the professions I've talked about with compassion fatigue. You can sit here and think that, well, if they care so much, why would they do that? Why would somebody take their own life and deal with that? And I'm going to be honest. I've asked the same question. I care about pets, and I don't think I can take my own life because I have pets that need me. They need me. That's more important than anything else that's going on in my world and in my life. I can't let it get me down. But there's going to become a point where... You're just, you can't give anymore. You can't give from a good friend of mine. She told me this. She says, You can't give from an empty cup. And that's true. And so you have to think of self care for not only yourself when you're in positions like this, that you can be dealing with compassion fatigue. You need to think about self care. And sometimes, you know, working with clients, talking to your clients and saying, you know, hey, I haven't had a day off in a while. I'm, I'm taking this weekend off. I'm so sorry, I can't help you. One of your best things you can do, and is this is something that I do, I, I have a network of professional pet sitters that I know, I trust. So when I need to take time off, client calls me, I'm like, look, you know, I can't be the best for you and your pet if if I'm tired, if I am numb to everything, if I can't give my all, I'm no good. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So when I need that time off, I have resources at my hands that I can call, you know, another fellow pet sitter and be like, hey, look, uh, my client needs you. They need something. Can you help them out? I, I have to take this time off. And it works both ways. You know, like I, I can contact one of my, you know, other pet sitting friends, one of my colleagues. I can say, hey, look, I have this weekend off. Can you help me out with this client? Sure, no problem. They'll turn around a few days later, possibly be like, hey. I have a day off or I'm really extremely booked. Can you help me with something? We work together like that. Because if not, we're all just going to be in a bad place. We're not going to be able to take care of your pets. And who knows what's going to happen. So please, I mean, help make awareness to what pet sitters go through. That we're out here in all kinds of weather. We're out here in conditions. Our job is dangerous. And, and when I say like that I do compare us to the police, I talked about that we still have to be on roads and in those conditions. But we're also walking into an animal's house, and we're walking in, and that animal could have been going through anything. They're, it's like walking into a loaded gun pointed at you. That dog could have been suffering from a seizure. It could have just been barking at the mailman or the UPS man or somebody outside, And they could have been barking at them, and all of a sudden you're coming in the door. They think that you're them. They think that you're a burglar, and you can end up getting bit by that. We walk into houses every day just like we're walking into a loaded gun. So bring awareness to what our pet sitters and dog walkers go through. We do have a dangerous job. We're out here sometimes. We're alone. You don't know who's watching you, who's, you know, Making sure where you're at, what you're doing, are you alone, what your routine is, car accidents, and then just caring for these animals and knowing that, you know, we're putting ourselves at risk to possibly, you know, give them medication that we can get bit doing that. Um, The pet's not feeling good, they're just irritable. You have to think about all of this stuff when you're talking, you know, about compassion fatigue and when you're dealing with your pet sitter. So, compassion fatigue is is not something to take lightly. So please, please help me bring awareness to Compassion Fatigue for not only our first responders, but those here in the pet industry, our veterinarians, our groomers, our dog trainers, and especially, especially your pet center. Because they go through a lot, and they give all of themselves to you and your pet. They give all of themselves, which takes away from them, which causes this burnout, causes compassion fatigue, causes them to not be the best that they want to be. They can be for you and your pet. So if I have any, you know, anybody on here who is listening, um, please, please know, reach out. If you are feeling, you know, this tired, you are, are feeling lost, you're feeling that you just can't give anymore, please reach out to somebody. It's hard in this type of industry, especially in the pet sitting world, it's hard to talk to somebody. I can't even talk to my husband about my job. He really doesn't know what I do. Um, he knows I take care of dogs, but he probably thinks that I just play with puppies and kittens all day. Um, He doesn't understand the dangers of what I deal with on a daily basis and that I can get attacked by a loose dog on the street. I can get run over by a car because somebody's texting and driving while I'm walking a dog. So if you're feeling, you know, a little lost, you need somebody to talk to, please reach out. Feel free to reach out to me. Um, I know what you're going through. I know what you deal with on a daily basis. Reach out to me. Reach out to a friend to just go out and just chit chat and talk. Reach out to other pet sitters that you know to be able to discuss things. Take some time to yourself. And even if you're a business owner, you know, some of the stuff can wait a little while. It can wait a little while. You know, assign one of your staff members, if they're still working, say, hey, I need you to just take care of the rest of the staff. I need you to handle things for the day. I don't want to be bothered. I don't want to think about anything. Take that time for yourself. Reach out. Reach out for somebody to talk to, somebody to help, somebody to take some of the burden off of you so you can continue to be the best that you can be. And if by chance, if you notice, anybody who's listening to this, if you notice that you see somebody suffering from compassion fatigue, from burnout, and you are afraid that they could commit suicide, please reach out to them. And anybody who is considering suicide, please reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody and let them know. Let them know. Let them help you. And if they can't, write this number down. This is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. You can reach out to them at 1-800-273-8255. Just because you are a caring individual and you've picked a job that takes and sucks a lot out of you and you care so much does not mean you should have to take your own life or that you should feel so alone with anything that you're dealing with. There's a lot of us out here and we're all suffering from it and we're here to help each other in the pet world. It is definitely community. I deal with a lot of groomers, some vets I deal with trainers and we all talk to each other and you know, we feel the same pain, we feel the same, you know, issues and problems and to know that I'm not alone definitely helps me and to know that I have people that I can reach out to and talk to to keep me functioning as the best that I can and me making the guidelines that I have to give myself a little bit of time to regroup, reprocess and be the best that I can be. So please help spread the word about compassion fatigue and next time you see your pet center, let them know let them know you love them you care about them they're, they're 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 taking care of your family they're taking care of you and let them know that they're not alone and a lot of people just don't see that you know pet sitters are an essential we are an essential Workers, We are out here all the time, and most times we're out here longer than anybody else in the entire field, working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, caring for multiple people, multiple pets, watching stuff happen to all these animals. So please just reach out, ask for help, make sure you're telling your pet sitter they're not just a dog walker, they're not just a pet sitter. They are somebody that you appreciate. They are somebody that you care about. So I hope this helps. I hope you can spread the word, make some awareness to compassion fatigue or suicide rates in the pet field and have compassion. Have compassion for people who are doing the hard work and care so much about so many things in this world. So tune in next time.